What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Millennial Black Dad Podcast. This is episode four. If you all remember, on episode three, we actually reversed the tables a little bit. I had Cece Marie on, and she interviewed me. For this episode, I have Cece Marie back. And instead of her interviewing me this time, I'm going to interview her. So, Cece, what's good? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for joining again. Of course. I'm excited to flip the tables and uh, have you grill me a little bit. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've, I've been looking forward to this. So for those who don't know, uh, CC is involved in a lot of things. Um, and, and of course, if I leave anything out, definitely um, feel free to add to if, if I forget some things. Okay. But she's a writer. She's an event host. She's a manager. Um, soon to be an author. Mm-hmm. Um, anything I'm leaving out there? Host, freelance writer, copy editor, blogger, all of it. <laughs> like, I, like I said before, jack, jack of all trades. I'm yes, pretty sure if somebody yes. asks you to do something, you, you can figure out how to do it. I hope so. I think so. I think I <laughs> And also, let's not forget the owner of CoffeeTierTequila.com. Yes, CoffeeTierTequila is my media platform. I do video blogging, I do written blogs, I host events, and I've done panels, um, pretty much anything and everything that I feel creative and ready to do. There we go. And, the, and I, I definitely want to get into all that and find out more about what you want to do with that um, so the audience knows what you want to do with that as well. But before we do that, um, I want to run you through what I want to call kind of like a rapid fire session real quick. Okay. So, um, obviously, rapid fire, like, I don't want you to spend too much time kind of think of an answer. Um, almost kind of whatever comes to your head first, just go with it, and we'll, we'll kind of move on. Okay. Sound good? That works. All right. So, my first question, with your website being called Coffee, Tea, or Tequila, if you could only drink coffee, tea, or tequila for the rest of your life, which one would you choose and why? Um, I would have to choose tea because tea puts me at peace. I like to drink tea, like just when I come home and I chill and I'm like laying on my couch and reading. I love iced tea. Um, you can make dress it up a million different ways. I love Arnold, um, Arnold Palmer's iced tea and lemonade. Uh, growing up, my mom always made iced tea and hot tea all the time. Like before I go to bed, I would always have sleepy time tea, you know, (laughs) green, green tea instead of coffee. So, um, I grew up from my mom drinking tea and it's something that I don't think I can live without just because it's versatile like you can you can do a lot of things you can do iced tea you can do hot tea like you can put some honey in it put some sugar in it put some lemonade in it put some alcohol in it so tea all day I agree I and agree. I like to spill the tea I like to get you know the gossip and all the details and stuff too there, there you go there you go I agree um I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you this I don't drink coffee what I've only had, I think, in my life, like two or three cups of coffee. You just don't like it. I, I'm just like I like the times I have had it. I didn't like it, and I just never really felt the need to kind of go back to it. That's good though, because I've heard stories from people like uh, my mentor is like a big health fanatic, and she has her own health and wellness brand. And she told me there's a lot of uh, she told me there's a lot of studies out there saying that coffee leads to cancer. Really. Yeah, and I mean, it's super addicting. Like, you get headaches if you don't drink it. No, that's what I've heard. So, like, 
And I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I tried it. I didn't like it. And I feel like at this point, like, what's the point of taking on the habit now? Right. So, yeah. That's a good I, thing. I just don't really mess with it. Some tea, though. I, I, I can do tea all day. Okay. <laughs> all I'm right. here for it. So, my next question is, uh, who's your favorite writer? Author? Could be a blogger? Just who, who's your favorite person you go to? Um, I honestly, off the top of my head, someone that I've been following for a long time is Nicole Bitchy. She rebranded herself as XO Nicole. Um, but what I like about her and what I like about her story is the fact that she started out her blog, you know, like in her early 20s. And she really started it out more so focusing on it was called X. Um, it was called Nicole Bitchy. Mm. And she branded herself as Nicole Bitchy. She was more of like a gl- uh, gossip blogger. Okay. And she blogged about, you know, just like entertainment, kind of like a, a Perez Hilton. A lot of people know him. Mm-hmm. He's blogging mm-hmm. about too, but yeah. just yeah. focusing on gossip and, you know, different reality TV shows and reality stars and stuff like that. And she wasn't really respected in the way that she wanted to be respected. And as she got older, she started to look at her brand more like at, from a fuller picture and long term. And as she was getting older, she wanted to rebrand herself to get away from that idea and to focus more on empowerment and women and stories that people can really resonate with. And so she rebranded herself into Exo Nicole. And she has, she, I mean, she has a huge following on her, on her, all of her social media platforms. Her YouTube subscribers are huge and followers on Twitter and Instagram are huge. And so she took a chance on herself um, to start the blog, number one, but then she took a chance on herself to put all of her money into this rebrand. And it was a successful rebrand and she rebranded herself. And a lot of the articles I really can relate to, like, there was an article on there about how to make your credit score jump like Jordan to like, you know, Hmm. all jump super high and like simple tips on that. There's been stories about people dealing with, um, you know, breakup. There's been stories about people dealing with jobs and how to take a step out on faith. And she blogs as well, too. But then she has a lot of guest bloggers and it's very personal and it's super intimate. And it's something that you can really connect with. And it's stuff that, like, I just enjoy reading for fun. Like, there's horoscopes on there that I'll read my horoscope. But then I also enjoy reading and listening to some of the stuff that can, you know, help me on a day to day, whether it be my credit score or other things. And then her newsletter, too, is super dope. Like, I follow her newsletter and I get articles in there all the time. And she'll still cover, like, celebrity stuff and different things like that. But now I feel like she's more respected where, like, people will want to do interviews with her instead of thinking that she's gossiping. So yeah. um, that I, I like her blog and I've been following it for a while from Exo Nicole to where it's at now. And it shows that you can rebrand and transition yourself and still have that following but um, it also helped me when I was starting my blog to think about the bigger picture and to think about branding myself, not just for where I'm at in my 20s, but like where I want to be at, you know, as I get older as well. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. When you said her name, like I was going to say, yeah, the, the black Perez Hilton. Yeah, um, basically, that's how I that's how I describe her. She, but, she has a she's she has a huge following and she her blog reminds me of Perez Hilton, but it's done a little bit a little bit more flavor. Yeah, I didn't know she transitioned to um, more of uh, like the credit score and stuff like that. I didn't know she mm-hmm. made that transition. So that that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, and she wrote about the transition and, you know, her feelings on it and um, what she went through and how she got to the point where she wanted to transition. Oh. And, how- and I think she moved towns, too. I'm pretty sure she... She like moved to like Arizona, really, because I know that's where they're based at. Yeah. Okay. How long ago did she make the transition? 
I want to say it was a couple years ago, like probably okay. like two. Okay. Not like crate, not that long ago. I want to say it's at least two years ago. Interesting. No, that's Has- yeah, that's interesting because yeah, I, I can see that as a as a gossip writer, I don't think there's a lot of respect there. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you and some people can take that lane and own it, and right? They're fine with it, but I think she wanted she wanted more for herself and for her brand. Hmm. And she she's written some good blogs too about branding and how to brand yourself and. Um, it's just stuff that's really relatable that it's easy. It's also easy to digest. It's easy for people to read. Like I can read it while I'm at, you know, work or read it while I'm on the go on my phone. Like it's, it's articles that don't take too much for you to sit there and think about, but it, you know, it inspires you and it gets you thinking about things. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. So I I would say she's my favorite off the top. Oh yeah. No, that, that's a, that's a good one. No, that's interesting to hear. I'll have to check out some of her new stuff. Cause yeah. Yeah. I I probably haven't looked for her in a while. And And she does a mix too, which I like, like she does a mix, like there'll be some, you know, YouTube stuff and interviews, video interviews, and then there'll be some stuff um, that's written as well. Okay, cool. I'll definitely check that out. So um, let's move on then. My next question, hopefully you've seen both of these shows, but um, power or the wire. Oh my God, you're gonna kill me! <laughs> I haven't seen either. I don't watch serious? that many shows. Oh, no. oh my God, I know everyone gets on me about it. They're like, "You're lame." How have you never seen Power? Like, it's terrible. I'm oh, barely ever home. God. I don't watch much TV. I've heard amazing things about Power, and I haven't heard as much about Wire. So I'm gonna say the Power. Okay. But um, I gotta get on it. I know. You got I, to. You got I'm to. I'm too busy writing and blogging and interviewing and doing all these other things. I don't have time to watch TV. I feel I got, you. I, I, got feel love, you. I got love and hip hop on right now. I love, love, love and hip hop. I got, I got love and hip hop reunion on right now in the background. <laughs> I have to get up on power. I know everyone was talking about it coming back on. Oh my God. It's... Every time I'm with my friends, I'm like the only person, but that makes me unique. You know, I'm the only person that don't be following the trends and watching. There you stuff. go. There you go. But like everyone's like watching it and they're all talking about it. And they be having, you know, parties throwing and watching it. And I'm just sitting here like, I don't know what y'all talking about. It, it, it's it's like, it's a really dope show. It's, it's honestly like, if, uh, so here, here's here's what I'm going to tell you. You need to watch both because both okay. of them are, have you seen The Sopranos at least? Yes. Okay. Yes. My, my mom's Italian. So we threw a party on the season finale of the, or the finale of The Sopranos. We had a whole cake and everything. So in my opinion, The Wire is better than The Sopranos. Okay. And I'm almost willing to. Okay. And I, I'm a big Sopranos fan. Like, it's kind of funny. Like, I got introduced to the Sopranos by my roommate my freshman year in college. Oh, that's so cool. And then I went back and bought like all the previous seasons DVDs, and like it's it's one of my favorite shows. Yeah. But then I did the same thing with The Wire, because um, like it, the, I think the The Wire and The Sopranos came on HBO like around the same time okay but the wire when it came on wasn't necessarily as watched as sopranos was okay and then people kind of after the fact went back and like streamed it or bought the dvds or whatever and, 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 and caught up on it yeah okay. yeah 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 but it's it's so it's uh, basically about um baltimore and like okay. the street street um drug dealers and um gangs and and clicks and stuff like that um it's it's a dope show um but same same with power so when you okay. get a chance i say definitely go back stream them both but 
they're addicting. So definitely like make sure you're on like a vacation and not planning to write anything or anything like okay. that. Because it's one of those things like you're going to start it and you're probably going to want to watch the next one and watch the next one. And they're, they're hour long episodes. So, you okay. know, it's, awesome. it's a commitment. Man. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. I do okay, Rotimi though, the guy that's on the show. Yeah. I like his music. Like he has um he has a mixtape called Jeep Music. I think it's like Jeep Music 2 is the album. But he's a good singer. I like his music. I listen to his music. I just <laughs> haven't seen him on the show. I hate he's, him. He's in Chicago all the time. I hate him on the show. He needs to ah! die. <laughs> he needs to die. All right, well, I might not like him when I hear that, but, I, but his music is good. I can talk to you about his music. <laughs> I, I, I heard one song, and I did like it. I think he did a remix to, um, I forgot the name of the song, but I heard it, and I, I liked it. I liked mm-hmm. it. Yeah, he has good music. No, that's what's up. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure if, if I didn't know him from Power, I'd be, like, all about him. But the way his character is in Power, like, he needs to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got to check it out. All right, so... I got a couple more. So, um, what is your favorite quote to live by? Huh. There's so many. I think the best quote that I've been living by, I'll go by lately because there's a bunch of different ones for the phase of my life. But I think the best one that I've been living by lately is uh, what often feels like the end is usually the beginning. Um, Hmm. And I... I actually just recently, so my mom was in town and I have like this wall in my apartment where I have like all of these quotes and different pictures and they're all like black frame pictures or whatever. And so my mom came into town and we went shopping at Home Goods. We always go there. Like I have a credit card there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and so we went shopping at Home Goods. And while, while we were there, um, I saw this like p- this picture and it had that quote on there. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like that's really cute. Like, let me, you know, buy it and put it on my wall. So mm-hmm. it would fit perfect. But then, like, I didn't really, like, I thought it was cute, but I didn't really pay attention to it. And then I was dealing with, like, some struggles with just trying to figure out, like, what I want to do next with myself and mm-hmm. my career and how I want to attack the summer. Because, like, you know, summers are really short in Chicago and there's so many events <laughs> and so many things to do. Right. And I was getting super frustrated and just going through, you know, trials and tribulations, my ups and downs. And I was sitting down in my living room and I looked at the wall and while I was kind of going through it, I read the quote and I was like, that's so true. And like, I'm a tourist. So like we're, we hate change. Like we are not big on change at all. And so change is already difficult for me. Um, but being able to be aware of that and then being able to just like take a negative and turn it into a positive and just be like, okay, well, like, there's, you know, there's no, even with writing, there's every, there's a million chapters to a book. There's a beginning, middle and end. So like some things coming to an end, most people automatically perceive that or, you know, think of it as a, something that's negative or something that's bad. Oh my gosh, it's right. ending. But right. a lot of times things have to end so that there can be new beginnings and, you know, other doors can open. Yeah. So I think that's probably the best quote that I'm living by right now in my life and constantly reminding myself of. Yeah, that's, uh, no, that's, that's good. Cause yeah, that's, that's, that's something you have to keep reminding yourself. Cause some people get so caught up in something ending. They don't necessarily see what's next. Exactly. And, um, you always got to try to be moving forward. So yeah, I, I, and like that's, that. I, I think like that's that. the way that you stay ahead of the game too. You know, you mm-hmm, look at, for sure. you look at, you look at it as a uh, positive. So I like that. I like that. So my next question, um, it, it might 
kind of caused some rift within your family. I don't, I don't know here. But um, <laughs> if you had to choose, Chicago or New York? New York. All oh, day, didn't even have to think about it. New York. I love Chicago. Chicago's been good to me. I absolutely love Chicago. But when it comes down to, like, the meat and potatoes of, like, a city and what it stands for, New York is just, that's just my heart. Like, mm-hmm. New York, I love New York pizza. I hate Chicago pizza. <laughs> I love, I love just the vibe of New York. I love, I, I'm a New Yorker at heart, so, like, I fit more in New York than here. Like, people think mm-hmm. I'm super aggressive, and mm-hmm. they think that, like, oh, my gosh, she's always speaking her mind. But in New York, like, everyone speaks their mind. Everyone will... You know, say what they got to say. Everyone's loud. You know, you you, someone's going to cut you off and flick off the middle finger at you. You're just going to shake it off and laugh because that's what's going to happen. That's like it's just it's just it's just a different mentality. But people also in New York, like they always say people are so rude and like that's really not the case. Like in New York, people, they they'll come up to you. Hey, how you doing? Or you're standing in line and they might tell you like, yo, I like your shoes or I like your outfit. And like some people think that's weird, but like. People in New York, they're just in your face and they say what it is and how it is. And they ask questions and, you know, I just like the vibe. I fit in there. And I also like that it's a melting pot. Like, I'm mixed. It's super mixed in New York. Like, growing up in Chicago, I was like one or two mixed kids in, you know, my junior high. But in New York, it's like there's Dominicans, there's Puerto Ricans, there's Cubans, there's, you know, Mexicans, there's Black, there's Haitian, there's everything, Jamaicans. So uh, it's just like it really is a melting pot. It's, It's a lot of mixed uh, people there and it's a, a just a, I love the street culture out there I love the shopping out there um, I love the food out there I love the different boroughs and how you can go from one you know neighborhood to the next and see a completely different culture completely different scenery mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just I, I love it out there I also love I'm from upstate so I love that you, you know you can have the city and then an hour away you can have the mountains yep. and yep. um yep. You know, you can have a whole different feeling up there and it can feel like a country and you can yep. go apple picking. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. and my family's all out there. So I absolutely, absolutely love it. Love it. Love it. Chicago's a great city as well too, but New York's a little bit more grimy and dirtier. Oh, for sure. For sure. It just, it, it's just not as clean and like Chicago's a little bit more bougie. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And New yeah, York yeah, is more yeah. gritty. Yeah. And, yeah you know, yeah. <laughs> And, New York New York has the corner stores. They got the diners, like 24-hour diners. Right. You go in there and get anything you want. Anything. Anything, anything. and everything. Hamburgers. And like anything. Chicago is like you can, you know, 24 hours, you might be able to get like McDonald's. It's, right. it's different. It's a little bit different. I so feel you. I um feel you. Yeah, so I feel you. Nah, I, I think it's New York. <laughs> I, I think it's funny too. Like people from Chicago ride for Chicago so hard. Yeah, they, they don't even. It's not even a question to them. Like I love Chicago, but I don't think I could ride for it as hard as I could ride for New York. And nah. I think everyone that knows me knows that. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I agree. I agree. And I think uh, now nah, not not every one of them, but a lot of people from Chicago I've never been to New York. They only know like they got perception. So yeah. I feel like if they actually go. They would, they would think the same way we do. Like. And they have to go, and they can't do the touristy stuff. You nah. can't do the touristy stuff. You yeah. got to go, and you got to go to the Bronx, and you got to yeah. go to Fordham Road, and right. you got to go shopping, and you got to go to Chinatown and get right. some knockoff stuff, and you got to get a slice of pizza from this corner store that's $1.25 for a slice of pizza and a Coke. Right, like, <laughs> right, you gotta, right. You got to do that stuff. Like, you can't go to New York and go to Times Square and all that stuff. 
Right. You got to know you, somebody yeah. there and they got to they got to be your tour guide. For exactly. The weekend or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. But nah, I agree with you 100 percent. So that's that's my rapid fire questions. OK, but I liked them. There was actually something that you mentioned there that I actually I, I got a question about. So we you know, I know you went to Naperville Central. I went to Naperville North. So we kind of grew up in the same city. Yeah. Um. You mentioned being like a, one of a select few mixed kids slash even black kids like in in the school. Yeah. Like, what was what was that experience like for you? Absolutely terrible. <laughs> Let's see what the experience is like. Um, I don't know. I'm an open minded person because I am. You know, my mom's Italian, my dad's black. Um, mm-hmm. So I've always been very open minded. Uh, and all my family's mixed. I have multiple cultures in my family. So for me, being mixed was just, is just who, you know, it's just like, you know, it is who I am, but like, it's not a topic of conversation. Like I shouldn't have to always explain it to people. Mm-hmm. And as mm-hmm. I got older, you know, like I always had my friends, most of my friends when I was younger were um, white and mm-hmm. I had my, you know, my good core group of friends. But then as I got older to junior high and to high school, it became more of a topic, especially in junior high, like I would say seventh, eighth grade going into high school, there was like five black kids and um, we all hung out and I'm still friends with majority of them to this day. Like we all just, you know, gravitate to each other because we understood each other and just, you know, like the same music, like the same culture, dressed the same way, had, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the same opinions and stuff. So we all gravitated towards each other and we stuck with each other. And as I got older and as, you know, we, we would have talks in history class about slavery and different things um it started to come up of well what is christina or well, what would you call her and i got called a african mm. and i got called an oreo and i got mm. you know told my mm. hair was nappy and i needed to take a rake and use it as my brush for my hair mm. and so it started to get to you know my dad was coming up to the school all the time because i was getting into it with people and the teachers didn't really know how to handle it because mm-hmm. they didn't know like how to facilitate it and so I was getting angry because I'm like you know I feel like I'm being singled out at, and getting asked these questions when no one else is getting asked these questions like you don't see a white person and say well what are you like you don't ask them for the majority like are you Polish are you you know right right you don't do that so right. it was just super right. frustrating because it's like well why do I have to be asked what I am and a lot of people think I'm Spanish because my you know my hair is curly or whatever the case may be and then I open mm-hmm. my mouth and then they're like, oh, she black. Like, I can't tell. <laughs> like, and so it's just, it was very frustrating. And then when I got to high school, it got even worse because when I got to high school, it was more so a thing where it was like, well, a lot of the, like I was a senior and I was a young girl and a lot of the older, or I was a freshman and a lot of the seniors and the junior boys, the black guys were trying to talk to me or trying to hit on me. Mm-hmm. And for the mm-hmm. most part, I mean, I, I, I'm sure, like, white guys are attracted to me. But for the most part, like, when I was in high school, because I think because of my outgoing personality and stuff, too, like, a lot of them wouldn't come up to me. But, like, the black guys were a little bit more aggressive. They would come up to me. They would try to talk to me or kick it with me or, you know, spend time with me or whatever. And a lot of the black girls were getting mad that some of their boyfriends or some of the guys that they were interested in were giving me attention as, like, this little skinny freshman girl. Like, and they were just looking right. at it as, like, you know, a light-skinned thing. And I'm trying to take right. their guy type thing. So a lot of it came down to like fighting and getting and you know trying to stick up for myself because 
what's going to happen? Like, they're either going to pick on you or you're going to stick up for yourself. And I would always have people, like, I remember this one girl, she would always pick, she would act like my friend, but she wasn't really my friend. And she would always call me, like, she was a tall, bigger girl. And she would always say, like, oh, you're a part of the itty bitty titty committee. And she would say all these things to me. And I'm like, well, wait, like, you're supposed to be my friend. Like, you spend the night at my house. Like, you borrow my clothes. Like, we kick it all the time. But then you steady always, like, taking jabs at me. Because you're not confident in yourself. Mm-hmm. And we, like, I finally got sick of it. And she, I mean, she was a way bigger girl than me, but I stood my ground and I stuck up for myself. And me and her ended up getting into an altercation. And I stuck up for myself and we got into it. I mean, she got a couple good jabs and a couple good hits. Like, I was bleeding and stuff, but I still held my ground. And I remember, like, that week after that incident happened, she was the one who, like, pulled me down to the office to do peer mediation and to, like, apologize. But I feel like it was because it was one of those things where people pick on you and pick on you until you prove to them, like, yo, you can't mess with me. Like, leave me alone because I'm not doing anything, you know, for the most part. Like, I'm all about school. Like, I was all about books and school and stuff. I had one boyfriend I dated, like, all through high school. Mm -hmm. But people just always want to mess with me. Like, even my boyfriend's sister at the time in high school wanted to mess with me and, like, always wanted to, like, try me. And it just got to a point where I had to stick up for myself. But it was difficult. It was really, really difficult. But, I mean, I came out of it. Um, with a lot of strong relationships what I have a I have a really good mixed group of friends mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. you know all my black friends that we were like the only black kids in junior high and stuff I'm still friends with them to this day that I was on dance team with them I'm, I still got them you know holding me down and they're my day ones for sure but then I got a really good core group of friends that are you know my my one best friend is Puerto Rican and black my other best friend she's Italian and black um, my other girlfriends they're white so like I have a really good mixed crew of friends and people that I hang out with from all different walks of life and I did get some good friends out of the situation and um, I fit you know I fit in wherever I go but it it was a struggle I would say definitely in junior high and then going up to high school yep yep yeah no I, I you know I had some of the same experiences that's why I was Curious. I remember one time being in like a history class and talking about slavery. I think I was like a junior in high school and there was uh, me and another black guy in the class. And like, you know, we're, and this was like one of those classes, there was like 40 people in the class. Um, I honestly, like, I just, in a room full of white people talking about slavery, like, mm, not really what I'm interested in talking about at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I'm not saying anything. I'm not really contributing to the conversation. I'm just listening. And the teacher at one point just like looks over at me and the other black guy and, and his, you know, his name is Tim. And um, he, he just blatantly says, um, you know, I, I would love to hear Aaron and Tim's opinion on this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Of course he did. <laughs> right. Right. So I'm like, eh, you know, um, yeah, no, I'm not really feeling that. Like I'm not, I you you know how I feel about this. Like, right, what do, you, right. what do you what do you need me to express it to you for? Like, I'm not gonna say anything different than than what you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, I, I felt like um, it, it was a, a different experience. Like, it took a lot of adjusting for me to to feel comfortable. And I can't even necessarily ever say I, I really 100 percent felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I I do look back on it now and I'm glad to have been in that type of environment because that's kind of like what you walk into in a workplace environment. Oh yeah, definitely. And the the thing about it is it's even with social media too. I know recently I got into a Facebook altercation. I try so hard to not get an altercation on Facebook and I, um, I commented on this girl's page. Like she mentioned, she's a black girl and she dates white guys. 
And she, she made a comment that she wants, you know, she's like, I think mixed babies are so beautiful. And, you know, I can't wait to have, you know, a mixed baby of my own one day. And um, I commented on that. I was like, you know, I'm here for the mixed babies. Mm-hmm. And these black girls, I mean, they were younger too, but they jumped in on it and they started going in on me. They was like, how dare you sit there and say this about mixed babies and you're taking, you know, away from our culture by having these mixed babies. And I was like, well, I'm just saying I'm a product of that and I'm proud of that. And so I'm saying yes for the mixed babies. Like, good for you because a lot of black girls get slack for dating white men. So good for you that you have the courage to stick up and love who you want to love and have a baby with who you want to have a baby with. And the girls were ripping me apart. They were calling me privileged Patty, saying that I had all these privileges that they don't have. Mm. And then some of my friends jumped on it because it was like right after February. It, it was right after February, which was Black History Month, obviously. Right, and right. I did an event for Coffee, Tea, or Tequila celebrating Black women of excellence. And I wanted, when I originally teamed up with the designer to do the fashion show, he wanted to do um focus on like the black panthers and i'm like that story's been told so many times and with everything going on in the news with this me too movement with oprah doing her speech with all of these black women you know having these incidences where they're being sexually abused and they're being taken advantage of and they're not getting respected and not getting honored in the same way that men are i think we should focus on women and we should make it all women and celebrate black women excellence so we celebrated black women excellence we did all women for the fashion show um, and we did a Make Africa Great Again, like uh, capsule that the designer had made for all these clothes for them. And then we interviewed three black women of excellence, including myself, mm-hmm. and had it as a part of the show. And so it was like me coming right off of this event and I'm getting called privileged Patty and I'm getting called all this stuff on social media because I'm mixed. And right. so some, two of my friends jumped on and they were like, you must not know Christina because she literally <laughs> just had an event like celebrating black women of excellence like but she also is a mixed child you know and she was just saying like yes for the mixed babies but it i mean there was so many comments on there and it just got to the point where i was just like these people are ignorant like it's not even worth your time and energy but it's like people really think like this like they i'm like how am i privileged because the way that i look at it i talk about it with my friend who's also mixed all the time is you don't know the struggles that mixed people go through because you not you don't always have you don't only have to worry about like my dad bringing home a white woman, but you have to worry about my mom bringing home a black man. Right, and you yeah. get racism on both sides from your white family members and from your black family members. Right. And you you get it from both ends of the spectrum. Right. You get racism from both sides because you know, like the, I talked about this last time about that book with the one drop, like mm-hmm. back in mm-hmm. the day and even now, if you got one drop of black in you, you're black. Like yep. Obama's mother is white, but he's black. Mm-hmm. Alicia Keys' mother is white, but she's black. Mm-hmm. Like Halle Berry, Halle Berry is mixed, but when she wins the award, she's the first black woman black. to win this or the first black yep. woman to win that. And then at the same, so the the white people don't look, they, they look at you like you're black. They look at you yep. and discard you like everybody else. If I get pulled over and I got a bunch of black kids in my car, I'm probably going to get pulled out of the car too and arrested or have the same issues that people have. But then at the same time, like... Some of the black people don't think you're dark enough or don't think you're black enough because you got a right. white mother. And like it even goes down as far as to the point where I've seen some people like because my mother's white and some people will disregard me because my dad, you know, chose to be with a white woman. But then mm. if you're like I've seen some mixed people that get more credit or get um, a different consideration because they might have a black mother and then a white father. So it goes a lot of different ways. It goes a lot of different ways. And so I've, I've seen it and dealt with it in different scenarios. 
But I mean, at the end of the day, like people are always going to judge you for whatever the situation is. And they're never going to look at it from your side. They're just always going to look at it as you're privileged or, you know, you're the light skinned one with the pre hair or you're this or that. But it's like, I didn't choose to, I didn't choose to have this. Like I didn't right. choose at all, you know? Right. And just right. because, even though I ha- might have pretty hair or even though I might be light skinned, I still have read my history books and I used to work at Naper Settlement in downtown Naperville and teach about the slavery and churn butter and do the tours. So like I've embraced the culture and I've embedded myself and read about my history on both ends. And I've represented both sides and always, you know, have a neutral decision on different topics or different things that go on and see it from multiple perspectives. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it goes, it goes a multitude of ways, I think. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And you need, I, I, I know you brought it up last time too with the, the 1%, but like, I always think about Tiger Woods, like Tiger Woods, like anytime anybody would ask him what his race is, he, he would never say black. He would say, you know, I'm whatever he is. Uh, his mom, I think his mom is Asian, his father's black. And so he would kind of say everything, but never, I'm, I'm a black man. But when he got arrested um, on his police report, when it asked his race, it said black. So like you said, like it's, you can um, try to, whatever people want to say about it at the end of the day, um, when you do have that 1% or that 0.1% or that black blood, like you're, you're a black individual um, in the eyes of society. So that's why I don't, I don't think that people try, people should judge you based off of that. Like, um, it's, it's a slippery slope, but I know we talked about it last time with like Pusha T and Drake having their issues and, you know, Pusha basically trying to say Drake's not black enough. And it's like, all right, man, what does that mean? Um, because you know, that, that, that's a really broad statement to make and it can be interpreted in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, I think just black population and the population in general and all together have a lot of strides to make in that regards. Um, but, you know, right now kind of it's just one of those things that is what it is right now. So um, I, I want to get into your website and, and all the other things that you have going on, but what do you love about writing? I mean, I think it started just like as little as I can remember. I know my mom used to always read to me when she was pregnant with me. Okay. And, um, my mom's a writes and she journals and scrapbooks and she loves to read. And I think I just got that from her. Um, and growing up, I always loved to read. I was such a bookworm as a kid. I always was reading a book. I used to collect bookmarks. Like I would sit in my closet and read um, with the flashlight on when I was supposed to be sleeping. And I used to always think of these stories and these characters and I always, I mean, I still have them at my parents' house. Like I have journals and journals from when I was a kid where I would just fill them up with uh, stories and with me writing essays. And I always, even when I was in elementary school up to, you know, junior high and high school, I always wrote these elaborate stories and these essays and these amazing papers. Um, and it, writing was always like for me. I remember when my grandpa died, I was like, I think I was 10, maybe 12. And mm-hmm. um, it was like he died when we, he was supposed to come to grandparents day with me. And I was so upset. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. And I wrote and um, 
even recently, two years ago, my uncle passed uh, on my birthday mm-hmm. and we had to bury him on my birthday. Sorry, he passed a couple of days before my birthday and mm-hmm. I wrote his obituary and I, um, you know, started writing again, just my feelings through that. I went through a really bad breakup and I wrote through my pain and wrote through that. And it's just always been an outlet for me to express myself. I've always been great with words and different transitions and it's like an art for me just to play with the words and really my biggest thing with writing and the biggest thing that I enjoy about it is being able to make someone feel what I'm feeling and to Mm -hmm. make Mm -hmm. someone put themselves in my shoes and really go there with me. Uh, And I, I just, I've always been good at it. It's something that's always came easy to me. I mean, when I first went to college, I, uh, grad, I graduated high school. I went to college and I wanted to, I was working for a dentist at the time and I was majoring in biology. I thought I was going to be a dentist and mm-hmm. it just wasn't my thing. Like I was good with biology. Chemistry was okay. And then I got to like organic chemistry and all these math classes. And like, that was never my thing. My brain doesn't work like that. It wasn't clicking for me. And I got mono yep. and I got yep. really sick in college and I missed a lot of classes and I was really far behind. Mm-hmm. And my parents told me, they were like, you know, you were always good at writing. Why don't you take a couple of writing classes and, you know, see where it goes. And I took a couple of writing classes before I switched my major and my GPA went to like a 4.0. I got all A's. I did awesome. And I loved it. So I switched to, I switched to major in journalism and I minored in social work because I have a big heart and I care about people. And I wanted to write about like social justice issues and things that were going on theme. And mm-hmm. um, it just went from there. And then I got my master's in journalism. And I've, I mean, I've always wrote. I have notebooks and notebooks all over my house. And I just always fill them up with everything. I write my ideas down constantly. And I journal every single day. But I only write down mm-hmm. positive things. That's, and I write okay. down my goals every month. And it's just, it's like my therapy is something that is just comes natural to me and something that I really enjoy. It soothes my soul. I, I keep all my old journals, too. And it's funny to, like, uh, I they're at my parents' house, like, stashed away. But, like, every once in a while, I'll just, like, find one. And I'll open it and, and look at it. Oh, I love like, doing just, that. It's the best Yeah, thing it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Just, like. Writing and the things I would write about and the things I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. And even some of the things I, I, I read, like, even back from, like, elementary school. Um, and I, I read them and like some of it is even like still true now, yeah. like some, some of the things that I wanted to do. So it's kind of funny, like reading it and, and having a different perspective of like, whoa, like <laughs> I thought about this a long time ago and like, I, I still kind of think about it. It's, it's, it's weird, yeah. but it's, it's, it's cool though. It's cool. So, um, coffee, tea or tequila, where, where did the idea come from? How, how did it all start? Yeah, so um, for coffee, tea, or tequila, I um, I was meeting with uh, Mark Moore, who's a, more like a mentor and friend to me and business partner, and um, we were meeting and we were talking at dinner, just catching up, and he was telling me some of the things he was doing, and I was telling him some of the things I was doing, and I was in a really, really good place, um, just feeling inspired. I had just uh, was planning a trip to go to Miami for my birthday. And I was, uh, I had met, um, my mentor on the air on an airplane, actually coming from New York. She's, um, she's originally from New- from Chicago, but she has built her career in New York. Um, and she was a publicist and a right, she's a writer and, uh, she has a radio show on Sirius XM. She's like a Jack of all trades as well too. And me and her clicked mm-hmm. on the airplane, uh, talking and I was really inspired and, I was telling him all about that and telling him all about 
where I was at and I was thinking about blogging and starting to do these things again. And we started talking about how we should, you know, partner together. And he wanted to tell similar stories and had similar ideas and said, you know, he could really see me doing video blogging and doing these things. And so um, he came up with the name Coffee Tea or Tequila. Well, he came up with the name Coffee Tea. And then we were trying to throw another word in there. And I was like, well, I drink tequila. So it was coffee. We came up with Coffee Tea or Tequila. It was original and something different. And it stuck. And mm-hmm. then um, I, wa- I came up with, like, the tagline, uh, intimate conversations that satisfy the soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, wanted, I wanted to make sure it was something that um, resonated with me, but then something also that didn't just pigeonhole me into covering, you know, just one topic. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. And then for my first interview a year ago, actually, uh, around the same time, a friend of mine and someone that I manage now, uh, his name is Van Johnson from uh, VH1's Blacking Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was opening the showroom for his clothing brand, Chicago Rilla. And I pitched to him my idea of interviewing him for it as like kind of pre-marketing for the event and interviewing him. So for my first interview for my video blog, but also allowing him the opportunity to do the interview with him and his business partner, Kevin, um, Mm -hmm. where they could tell the story of their clothing brand and what it was. And then also we could promote and have people, you know, know about the clothing brand and the interview, but then also know about the event to come to the event and celebrate with them the grand opening of it. Um, and so we did that interview. It was amazing. Uh, it was awesome that we filmed uh, with our videographer on the rooftop, the intro with me and I had practice for it and wrote the script for it. And mm. uh, we filmed that on the rooftop. And then we filmed the interview with Van and Kevin, uh, knocked it out in 30 minutes. No, no second takes, no nothing. It was one take and done. It was natural, organic. It was great energy. Um, true, genuine conversation. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it and we knocked it out and that was a year ago and that was my first interview. And then from there, I've done other video blogs. I've covered events and I've had guest bloggers like yourself um, blog on my uh, page. And then I've also hosted a panel. I hosted a fashion show. Um, I have a raffle that I'm going to be doing coming up. I uh, sold merchandise. Um, so I have more events in store that I want to do for the fall and for upcoming things and some ideas of how I want to switch up the video blog and do some other, uh, interviews and some other, um, things as well too. So it's kind of just taken off from there. Uh, many doors have opened and I've connected and networked and met so many people just from mm-hmm. going out and talking about myself and my brand and what I'm doing. And um, I've gotten rec- I got recognized for Voyage Chicago magazine, and I've gotten recognized for a couple other things here or there, which is really awesome and dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've been on a panel as well. Um, I've been interviewed by you, and um, I've been interviewed by a couple other people, also for their blogs and their platforms and stuff. So it's been cool. I've been able to collaborate and uh, use my platform not only for myself and for my- to engage my audience, but also for other writers and for other people to get inspired and to want to jump in and be a part of it as well too. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. That's awesome. So, like, um, what what goals do you have for for your platform, and and where do you want to see it kind of go from here? Yeah, I wanna. Um, I just want to continue to have fun with it. I want it to be organic and um, to just flow wherever it takes me. Um, I have some ideas of shifting into a consulting media platform and bringing on some uh, clients. Uh, to do some brand management for them and to be their media platform to 
you know, whether it be on a project basis to help them with their events um, and to execute on it, or it be on a regular basis um, as just an overall brand manager and media platform for them um, and an outlet for them. So I have some ideas of shifting it a little bit uh, into more of a consulting media platform business as well, or having at least a segment of it be that. Um, I have some ideas of different stories I want to tell where it's not just a one-on-one interview, but um, more of a roundtable type interview where I talk about some current topics and events. Uh, I want to do more panels. Uh, I was thinking about doing a panel for people that are looking to start their brand and um, hear from other people about how to get started and how they should get started. What should they do? Because no one knows. You. My biggest thing is I just started doing. I didn't know anything. I just started doing things and mm-hmm. then seeing what worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so hearing from other people that have been in those positions, I think would be good for people. Um, I have ideas for doing uh, uh, different events with some more of a, like a chill vibe for people to have like a kickback scenario where they can vibe out to some good R&B, maybe smoke some hookah. Um, get a massage, uh, buy some merchandise from some pop-up shops and some vendors, mm-hmm. have some tacos mm-hmm. and just <laughs> kick back and drink some tequila. Um, I have ideas of doing some pop-up shops, maybe okay. in some coffee shops, okay. uh, maybe in a bar. Um, but I have ideas for different things. So I, I just, I get in this creative space and I just want to keep playing with it. Um, National Tequila Day is july 24th so i have um some marketing and a little bit of a fun little uh game or that i'm gonna do with my audience to engage them and hopefully uh get them to uh tell me why they're tequila and uh wrap off some merchandise for them so i have different ideas that i just like to play with and execute on yeah no that's 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 cool sounds sounds like you and I and I know you've you've done some amazing things up to this point, but it definitely sounds like you have a lot of things in store for the future, and uh, that's that's dope. Can't can't wait to see what you have up your sleeve because I, I know, um, like I said, things that you've done up to this point have been pretty dope. So uh, can't wait to see what's what's coming up in the future. I appreciate it. And speaking of that, um, I know you've you've done a lot of different events. Um, and I know it's kind of hard to choose like which is your favorite or which one you want to put up there as like the, the top of your list. But if you had to choose one, what what event are you most proud of that, that you've done to this point? I would have to say I'm most proud of my first event, which is the launch party for Coffee Tea Tequila in November. It was November 21st. Okay. Last year, and um, it was my first event. It was a launch party for the brand, but also a panel on Chicago fashion. Uh, so we had four really dope fashion designers from Chicago uh, that were a part of it, and they came out. Uh, they all had a pop-up shop where they sold their merchandise. We had food and drink specials, um, and then I facilitated and hosted the panel. Uh, we had a sweet table with cookies with like my logo on it, and with uh, cupcakes and that were coffee flavored and I think it was like margarita flavored macaroons Mm. and um, we had a lot of fun with it Uh, but it was my favorite event because it was the most challenging because I went through so much to get to the point to execute on it I thought everything Mm. was going to go flawless you know I had the guest list ready to go I had the flyer up Um, I had you know the panelists secured I had over 150 RSVPs I had everything ready to go and that Monday, 
Um, the event was on that Friday. That Monday, the building that I was supposed to, the venue that I was supposed to have my event at burned down. Ooh. And I had no idea until, like, I sent a flyer to one of my friends, like, oh, okay, <laughs> my event. And they were like, that place burned down last night. And I'm like, what are you talking and, about? Like, they didn't tell you? And the place did burn down. And so, wow. you know, I had reached out to the people at the venue and, like, you know, sent my condolences, told them, you know, I'm sorry to hear unfortunate situation, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But then, like, I still had to figure out, like, okay, like, I'm I'm a tourist, so I'm stubborn, and I wasn't going to not have an <laughs> event, and so right. I was going to have to have my event, and where are we going to fit 150 people? And the thing about it was I didn't – the venue, I, I, I was um, – partnering with a new business a new restaurant slash club that had opened so they were more so looking at the business so more so to you know guarantee 150 people will come in buy food off the menu will promote it you know and i was building a partnership with them so it's like well where can i find a venue where i'm not gonna have to spend a bunch of money because i already spent money on everything else so i went through my phone and hit people up in my network and one of my good friends uh who's a promoter uh, put me in contact with an owner of a cl- uh, bar and I went and met them that night and the owner was awesome but ended up building a partnership with him and telling him you know about the event and showed him the flyer and told him how many people were coming and everything that was going to go on and you know he was welcome to having that business and doing some drink and food specials with us as well too and um, I ended up, you know, being fortunate and blessed to within 24 hours of the building burning down, finding another building. And then, you know, the biggest challenge was just having to make a flyer and make right. sure that everyone knew to come to that venue instead of the other one. So I think right. that's why right. my favorite event, just because it taught me a lot and it was very challenging. But at the end, it was still a flawless, beautiful event. I smiled the whole night. I had a great <laughs> time. Um, and it went beautiful other than that, but it was a learning lesson. It was also a challenge for myself to not, free- right, just, right. you know, work through it and find a solution. No, oh, those, those are the best when you go through a little adversity, but come out on the other end and everything turns out fine. Those, those are usually the best because you can appreciate what you did. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. And I was very proud of myself. So. So I know you mentioned too, uh, you talked a little bit about networking. What's been your, I guess, if you want to say most like uh, effective or like successful way of finding like-minded individuals and kind of networking with them and and looping them into what you're doing? Having a big mouth. (laughs) Telling everybody about what you do. Like, I have a big mouth. I'm a huge shit talker, but I talk shit at the right points in time. Mm -hmm. And, um... It's just having a telling everybody and everybody about yourself is all about branding. Like I have business cards with my picture on it with mm. the sign that says coffee, tea or tequila. Most people are like, that's really aggressive. It probably is, but you're never going to forget that card. Yeah. Like I tell everybody about it. Like everyone, everyone knows about coffee, tea or tequila. Like I don't hide it from anybody. I let everyone know what it is. Um, when I was looking for people to celebrate an honor for the fashion show that I did to look for black women of excellence to celebrate, I put it on my LinkedIn and people from my LinkedIn network nominated some of the women that I ended up interviewing. Um, I, oh, I have a bag that is like my going out bag when I go to the, you know, the clubs or the dinner or whatever. And it's like a little clutch, but this really dope artist, uh, her name's Haley. She's here from Chicago. She painted, 
hand painted it for me so it has my brand on it on um, one side it has a shot glass a teacup and a coffee cup and then the other side it says coffee tier tequila so every time I go out people like see my bag and like they remember me or they'll be like they'll see my bag and they'll be like oh you're CC like you're from coffee tier tequila there's so many times I've gone out and it's not even dudes that come up to me it's women that come up to me and they're like oh my god like hey CC like coffee tier tequila and sometimes I know them and sometimes I'm like they must just follow me like I really don't know who they are but it's a really cool energy and it's a dope vibe so and I feed off of that so I'm always talking about coffee tier tequila. I'm always hashtagging it. I'm always talking about it on my social media to the point where sometimes I lose followers. But like, <laughs> right, like right. Some people Those aren't the people you want anyway. Right. Some people are going to rock with it. Some people are not. But right. that's the biggest thing for me for networking is having a big mouth, like not being ashamed to ask people to put you in contact with somebody, not being ashamed to put a question or ask for a recommendation on your social media, not being afraid to slide into DMs. Like some people are like, oh, I won't just discuss business or, you know, I won't slide into a DM. I will slide into someone's DM in a second. I have closed business deals by sliding into DMs. I have closed business deals by tweeting people or sliding into their DMs on Twitter. Um, I have got, I got my interview with somebody from Twitter. So, um, and tweeting them. Uh, So it's just not being too proud and just, Owning and embracing your brand and who you are. Like, I am Coffee Tier Tequila. I'm the face of Coffee Tier Tequila. When you see me, you're going to know Coffee Tier Tequila. You'll probably know a couple other things here or there, too. But, like, right. that's the first thing that's probably going to come to mind with you. Right. So, it's right. just, like, ingraining that into yourself and into somebody else. Um, just like, you know, if some, when someone sees you, you want them to know your name. Well, when someone sees me, I want them to know my name. And I want them to know that I'm coming with coffee to your tequila or I'm coming with mm-hmm. you know whatever I'm coming with at that point in time like it's it's like your brand it's your signature so uh, you got to go hard for it and I think that's the biggest thing to networking is just having a big mouth about it and letting everybody know about it because you never know who's watching you never know who's inspired by it you never know who might be able to connect you with somebody but you're not going to know because a closed mouth doesn't get fed so you need to ask you need to be connected um, and that's the biggest thing with networking and then just going to a lot of events going to a lot of things um, that will put you in different scenarios. Don't be afraid to go to a networking event or something by yourself. Uh, you never mm-hmm. know who you might meet. Uh, it can mm-hmm. be a little awkward at the beginning, but uh, it's really beneficial to be able to, you know, to step out of your comfort zone and go to a different event or uh, go to a different outing or join a different group or go somewhere that you're not used to going and you're not comfortable with and you'll meet a lot of people. I've met so many people just from going out and just trying different things and going to other bloggers events and covering them or going to other bloggers things. And I'm friends with a lot of bloggers here and I'm friends with a lot of other people in the media outlet. And it's not like we're all competing with each other. We, we all support and collaborate with one another and, you know, all benefit from each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so kind of going into your, your, your management um, is, is that how you kind of, found some of your clients through your networking and word of mouth yes yeah i um that's definitely how i found some of my clients just from networking from word of mouth um one of my friends who's a photographer connected me with one of his clients um i i mean i i got my interview with van i started working with van from just asking like hey would you want to do an interview with me like might be a long shot but like hey you know and i gave him my pitch and I gave him my who, what, when, where, why, and you know mm-hmm. what it would, what it would not only what it would benefit for myself, but what it would benefit for him. Um, so yeah, I've I've gotten clients and I've gotten 
referrals from different people. I also have a publicist. Uh, her name's Laquita. She's amazing. She connects me with mm. people all the time. I do the same for her. Like, I'll see something. I'll be like, oh, this will be good for your client because she has a lot of clients. Like, I'll be, oh, this event would be dope for your client. Or, oh, your client should check this out. And she'll do the same thing for me. Oh, so-and-so is looking for a writer. Or, oh, this person, you know, is having an event. You should go. It'll be a great event for you. Um, recently, another girl that I know, her name's Sierra. Uh, she does a lot of networking events and she's a publicist and blogs and stuff as well, too. And I've met people through going to some of her events and covering some of her events. And she had a networking event about a week or two ago. Uh, I'm doing a blog for it this Wednesday for She Working Wednesday for my segment. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, she DM'd me on Twitter and was like, hey, like, would you want to cover this event? I think it'd be great for you. There's going to be a lot of people there that you should meet. And I met a ton of people from the event. And um, I had a great, great time. I didn't think, I, you know, I, I was, I went there and. I didn't think it was going to be as beneficial as it was. I just went there and was like, oh, okay, it's going to be another networking event. Like, I'll meet people. But the cool thing about her event is it was uh, millennials mixing with Gen X. So it was mixing generations and, you know, um, benefiting from each other and getting experiences and having conversations from each other about different things as well, too. So uh, it was interesting. Uh, and it was definitely, definitely beneficial and something that I got a lot out of it as well, too. But, yeah, a lot of referrals and a lot of word of mouth for my clientele and for the people that I manage and that I work with. That's awesome. That, so, actually, uh, I can't even say a lot. It's all of it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's, I always tell people like networking and I, I know I need to do a better job of it, but um, I feel like networking is the key to getting where you want to mm -hmm. go. Uh, not you know, knowing things is, is always a plus, but I think it's, it, for the most part, it's who, you know, and then what you know is second. Yeah, exactly. And always do your research. Know who you're reaching out to and what you're reaching yep. out to them. Never just do something to do it. Have a reason behind right. it. Right. Be prepared. Be be on your, your shit so that when, if they do get back to you, you can be educated and, and yeah. kind of be able to hold the conversation. Yep, exactly. So, um, again, kind of going into the management thing, I know you mentioned Van Johnson, who's on VH1's Black mm -hmm. Ink. Um, how many other clients are you managing? Currently, I have two. Okay. Um, okay. Working on a couple others. Uh, but currently, I have uh, two that I'm managing right now um, with some others in the works and some other ideas for it as well. So, like, you know, as a manager, what do you, what are you doing for them? Like, what is what are, what are their expectations out of you? What am I not doing for them? Should be <laughs> um, that's that should have been the question. Yeah, um, I'm a very passionate person. I get very very invested and very involved in things. Um, so, for the people that I'm managing, um, I do it all from managing bookings. Um, and appearances to managing their calendars to managing their media and seeing you know what media outlets they should attempt to collaborate with and be a part of um, seeing what events pop-up shops uh, opportunities that they should go to here and traveling trying to get them out of state uh, trying to get them media coverage uh, working on getting them to be brand ambassadors for their uh, other brands, looking at them to collaborate and um, really become a voice for the community and see what they can be a part of within the community, uh, looking at how they can grow, how they can 
take where they're at now and go even further, how they can be the best that they need to be for themselves and for their brands. Um, and looking at what their goals are, what their dream, you know, media placements are, what their dream uh, spots are to go to do appearances or to do panels or to do events um, and making sure that we can work our way and transition up to those goals and up to being at that level um, and how we need to strategically get to that level. And then it's also just a lot of um, just being that go-to person for bouncing ideas off of, for giving suggestions, for staying on top of them and making sure that, you know, they're where they need to be when they need to be there. And they're, you know, they're, they're putting their best foot forward always. Um, and then a lot of it too is uh, looking at strategies of what they can do next and what they haven't mm. tapped into, but maybe they should tap into before someone else taps into it or how they can, you know, get recognized for um, their efforts for different things, how they can get media coverage. Um, you know, most people just don't want to tell the same old story. So how can you make your story a little bit more interesting than somebody else's? Mm -hmm. How can you stick out mm -hmm. a little bit more? Um, and the thing with it too is also a lot of events, um, executing on events. Van has a big event coming up on the 15th that I've been knee deep in um, just in terms of uh, sponsorships. I do sales as well too. So I bring my sales hat on and I get vendors and I get sponsors and advertisers and come mm. up with a different marketing collateral and helping to, you know, uh, write maybe a bio, <laughs> a book. Mm. Um, there's a mm. lot, a lot of different things that I do based on the client and based on what they want and what they need. Um, and a lot of it too, it's just spending time getting to know the client and how they work. Everyone works differently. So getting to know the client and getting to know how they work and what they want and what they need. Some people need you to hold their hand. Some people just want you to mm. be there once a week, once every two weeks. Like, but a lot of my stuff, I work remotely too. Like I'm, I'm not with you every day. I might talk to you a lot, but I'm not with mm. you every day. Like mm. I give you your mm -hmm. space. I let you breathe. I let you do what you need to do. But then I also know when I need to step in and, you know, facilitate a little bit but regardless my my um clients that i have uh they always have the driver's seat they're i'm always in the passenger side but i'm a good co-pilot <laughs> gotcha 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 so like before you even started kind of like navigating the the roads for them and kind of picking out different events did you sit down with them and, and kind of like put your heads together yeah yeah definitely okay. when it comes down okay. to events and when it comes down to uh, bigger picture things um, you know, the booking and the manager of the calendar and stuff, that stuff's pretty easy. But when it comes down to like yeah. the bigger stuff, yes, for sure. There's definitely uh, team meetings. There's definitely multiple meetings uh, if we can get them on the book. Right. Um, right. A lot of bouncing off of ideas, a lot of brainstorming, um, a lot of taking notes, <laughs> a lot of delegating <laughs> tasks and who's going to do what mm -hmm. and checking in and making mm -hmm. sure, you know, those tasks got done. A lot of calendar invites get sent out. Might not always yep. get accepted, but they get sent out. Yeah, um, right, right, right. Uh, you got, you can only control what you can control. Right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it too is um, meeting that face-to-face. -face. That face-to-face -face touch is always good. Um, and, yeah. you know, checking out venues and doing walkthroughs and stuff like that and bring tapping different people to come in and help facilitate, you know, because, like, that's what it comes down to a lot of the times, too, with the brand management is it's like, 
okay, well, I'm good at this, this, and this, but then I need someone that's really good at this. And I heard, or I've worked with this person before. Let's bring them in for this project. Let's bring them in for this. And like, you know, let's, let's have them do this, this, and this. Um, so a lot of it's that too, as, as well too. And just looking at the calendar too and seeing like, okay, you know, I like to plan a, at least a month in advance, if not more. So a lot of it's looking at the calendar too and being like, okay, on this day, we need to do this. On this day, you have to do this. On this day, we have to have this submitted by this and, you know, breaking things down to at a level where you have at least some deadlines. Yep. Yeah. So like one thing, and it sounds like you have a lot on your plate. So how do you manage your time? And like, what, what's, what's an average day kind of look like? For Ooh, a million tabs are open in my brain at all times. Um, an average day for me, I wake up, I walk, dog. don't check my phone when I wake up at all. I'm, okay. I don't want to start my day with negativity or looking at likes and comments and no, right. none of that matters. I'll look at that later. Um, but Ooh. you know, I have to have coffee in the morning. I'm trying to weed myself off, but I have to have coffee and then check an email. That's the first thing I do is check in my emails. I have multiple emails because I manage a lot of people, including myself. Right. So I have my personal email, I have coffee tier tequila's email, then I have my clients' emails. <laughs> so <laughs> looking wow. at all the emails, I have them all on my phone and all on my computer. So oh my god. Checking out the emails. The biggest thing with emails for me is I put stuff in folders. Um, okay. So I manage like a booking folder, you know, a vendor table folder, gotcha. you know, this yep. folder. Yep. So I have everything in different folders. I'm easy to navigate stuff through that. Um, I set tasks as well to like go through the emails, answer them however I need to answer them. Um, but then also I make sure that I do my follow-ups, you know, like that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people will send an email, reach out to somebody and then they won't, they'll be like, Oh, the person never got back to me. Well, did you follow up? Like, you know, timing's everything. Like, did you, I, I'm in sales. So it's like, I'll call, I'll email, I'll email, mm-hmm. call, final email, mm-hmm. final call. Like, so right, I'm big on right. that. Like, just because someone reached out and they expressed an interest and then you email them back and you don't hear from them doesn't mean you let it go. You know, you, it's okay to follow up. Like, it's okay to try to keep the conversation going and be consistent. So I make sure to do my follow-up emails and um, kind of task it that way as well, too. If I have calls, I get through my conference calls and what I need to get through for that. And then I, you know, I always go back to my notebook and to my to-dos and to my notes from the last meetings that I had. And I look over my day-to-day and what I need to do. Um, and then I start executing on it. I might, I'm everywhere. I might have an mm. uh, in-person meeting. I might have a conference call. I might be answering emails. I might be writing a blog i mean it's pretty much it's everywhere um it's really shift from like a the the life of like working a nine to five to more so an entrepreneur lifestyle Um, but i feed off of it and i enjoy it and it's something that doesn't feel like work to me because it's stuff that i enjoy doing and stuff that i'm really really embedded in um Mm -hmm. and then i mean i'm but the thing about it is i am always working i'm always on email i don't i weekends i'm i'm answering emails i'm i'm answering mm-hmm. calls i'm answering texts i'm answering questions like we have this event coming up that you know some of the models are texting me and i got some of the parents calling me about the vendor tables and people <laughs> asking me if they can bring a plus one and i got mm-hmm. a million things but i i'm very good at answering and responding to people i'm a big phone person so i call people and they're like oh my yeah. god like you're calling me i'm like yeah what's up like yeah, yeah that, that's a lost art um, that's a lost art yeah so I'm big on the phone as well too 
Um, and then I manage my social media. I've been slipping a little bit, but trying my hardest to keep my social media up for my own personal platform. Uh, for Coffee mm-hmm. Tequila on all my platforms. And then um, it's just staying in a creative space, staying focused, having that tunnel vision. And then just if you want it, you figure out how to get it done. Like there's really no typical day. It's always just emails, calls, driving around, meeting with people, figuring it out. But I mean, uh, if you want it, then you, you figure it out. You get it, you get it knocked out. You get it done. Um, right. And right. You, I, my biggest thing is just always being present, being in the moment and understanding things as well, too. Like um, things come up for people on their end and, um, nothing's mm-hmm. ever going to be set in stone. So you have to be flexible mm-hmm. and you have to be able to shift and move with things as it comes. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I would just say that's like, that's mainly my day to day is just coffee, email, phones, <laughs> meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, a little tequila at tequila night before you go to bed. I network, I go to events. I do different things you know I found time for a nail appointment this Wednesday I got a nail appointment um so you find you find you find ways to make things work and to fit everything in that you need to fit in like you can have it all um and if you want it bad enough you're gonna figure out a way to have it so I like to challenge myself and I like to figure it out but that's usually my typical day to day that's what's up that's what's up so uh, I usually like to end the podcast by asking a, a, a question, uh, but before I do that, and I'm going to give you a chance to shout out your uh, social media handles and everything so people know where to follow you. Uh, is there anything else that you want to tell the people, anything I, I left out? Um, I don't know. There's many layers to me, so there's a lot to tell <laughs> and a lot to get to know. Um, but you can definitely follow me on social media to get a feel for my vibe a little bit more. You can check out my website. And um, I mean, if you have questions and you want to know stuff and you want to bring me on your platform and get to know me or you want to meet up with me or you want to call me, FaceTime me, whatever you want to do. Like I'm a pretty open book for the most part. So I'm always mm-hmm. open to that. I'm always open to connecting with people. I like getting grilled and having people ask me questions versus me always interviewing people and asking them the questions. So uh, it's fun for me. So I like to do it, but I'll, I'll shout out my social media. And if anyone has any follow-ups or anything that they want to know about, they can connect with me and we can take it from there. Um, My website is coffeetiertequila.com. So you can read my bio on there. You can read my blogs on there. You can watch my video interviews on there. Uh, You can check out some of my pictures on there. Uh, My Instagram is CC Marie Brown. That's C E C E M A R I E Brown, like the color B R O W N. And um, that's also where I'm running Coffee Tears to Kill It through right now. A lot of people was like, You need a Coffee Tears to Kill It page. And I felt like, Nah, I'm going to grow my mm-hmm. followers organically for CC Marie Brown. I'm going to do what I need to do for that. And then I'll make a Coffee Tears to Kill It page when I feel like making a Coffee Tears to Kill It page. Yeah, that's, I, I, I feel the same way. Because, yeah, people were like, yeah, you need to, like, switch up and make your Facebook page. And I'm like, I, I, don't, yeah, I don't really want to nah, do that. Not right yeah, yeah. I, I do have a Facebook page, though. Uh, my Facebook page is Coffee, the letter T, and then Tequila. Okay. And that's the same for my Twitter. I love Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time. <laughs> my personal and on Coffee, Tears, Tequila. So check me out on there because my Twitter is banging. Like, it's it's pretty fun to follow. Twitter is hilarious. Um, so my Coffee, Tears, Tequila, Twitter is Coffee, the letter T, Tequila. 
My personal one, which also still got the coffee tears tequila vibe to it, is uh, CC Marie Brown, just like the Instagram, C E C E M A R I E, brown like the color, B R O W N. And then uh, my Snapchat, I mean, y'all can follow me if you want. Snapchat's kind of dead right now. Um, it's just Christina M. Brown, I'm pretty sure. And then um, my YouTube's linked to my website, so you can find my YouTube on there. And, uh, you know, I might play around with some other social media channels from here on out. But for now, that's the main platforms that you need to follow and check out and uh, get in tune with it. I'm big on engagement. So leave some comments, give some feedback. Let me know what you want to see me do next, what you didn't like that I talked about, what you want me to talk about more. Um, I'm, I'm open to it all. So Yeah, definitely check her out. Check her out because yeah, she's always got some cool things going on. Uh, she's got guest bloggers who will come on her site. Um, not write about some cool things. Uh, she's doing you know cool events and stuff like that. So definitely check out her website. Check her check out her social media handle. All that uh, is definitely worth a look. And before I let you go, um, you know this is the Millennial Black Dad podcast. So I always like to ask if someone has a kid, uh, what's their advice for some for another parent out there? I know you don't have a kid, so. My question to you is, what's your favorite memory you have of you and your dad? Oh, my God. I love my dad. <laughs> Aaron knows my dad. As yes, well. I do. Yes, um, I do. Enterprise rent a car. What's up? Yes. Aaron used to work at Enterprise and used to rent us cars all the time and say that my dad was his <laughs> We all pay. Yeah, right. We all look alike, right? We all look like, oh, my dad is the best person ever. He's such a beautiful spirit energy. He's one of a kind. Uh, what you see is what you get with Carl Brown. And I have so many memories of my dad as a kid. Um, Father's Day, I just shouted out some memories. I'm going to give a couple. Okay. Um, as a kid, my dad always, like, you know how the mom cooks the meals? Like, my mom can cook. Mm-hmm. She's a t- make some great Italian meals. My dad makes the best fried chicken ever. Like my friends still, their mouth still water thinking about my dad's fried chicken. That's crucial. All the parties that we had at my house, my dad would be lit frying. (laughs) It would be the best chicken ever. And the chicken couldn't last a second on the plate. And people were just fighting over it. Like I remember we got a limo one time coming to the city when I turned like 24, 23. And my dad fried chicken for everybody before we got in the limo. And we were drinking alcohol, ripping shots, eating fried chicken, greasy hands and all. And it was amazing. Um, My dad's always been a great, great cook. Always tried different things, made muscle soup Mm. and uh, lobster bisque. And we used to have uh, uh, crab broils and all this stuff. So my dad was always an amazing cook, always cooked great dinners for us all the time. Um, He also always went on the field trips with me. He always picked out my clothes. My dad has better taste than my mom. Really? My mom's more of like a hippie. Like she don't really know how to pick out stuff. She can pick out like like, cute gifts like here and there, like for my apartment and stuff. But when it comes to clothes and like shoes, like she'll put me in like peace signs and like weird shit. <laughs> my dad always knew my style. Like every time I go to New York and we go shopping in the Bronx, my dad gets me like Timberlands, all these exclusive. He got me a pair of like eggplant purple Timberlands last time we went there. And he gets me all the dopest like uh, Jordans and Nikes. And uh, my dad just always swags me out, out all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my Easter baskets usually got gym shoes in it. Like that's it. That's what's uh, up. Sneakers for New Yorkers. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. 
Yeah, so my dad has a dope style, um, a good vibe when it comes to food, when it comes to clothes. He used to always go on all my field trips as a kid, and I remember that uh, most definitely. And then the other thing that I remember with my dad is um, two things. He worked for United Airlines, so we got to travel. Um, I was sitting first class going to Italy and Hawaii and Puerto Rico, and we traveled the world, and I, I, I was always the youngest you know, kid traveling with my parents, and I never felt at a place. My dad always had me and my mom right with him traveling. Um, my brother went sometimes. My grandma went sometimes, and we just always had a great trip, and it was always about the family. It wasn't about anything else but the family going on their trips and making memories and enjoying it with each other, sleeping in the airports together when our planes got you know, delayed right. and we couldn't all get on the plane together. Right. Um, so got to travel with my dad a lot and make some great memories. And then um, awesome. the last thing that is the best memory with my dad is he's the one who pushed me to go. I mean, I was the first person in my family to go to college and I knew I was going to college, no doubt. Mm. And my dad went with me on all my college visits and he was the one who told me to go to Lewis University. And it was a great fit for me because it was in Romeoville, a small suburb in Chicago. Um, the, the, it's a small private school but great education there. Mm -hmm. And when I went there, it, it it was dope because I wasn't just a number. Like there was like 15 to 20 people in the class. Like my teachers knew me. It was more intimate situation. And it helped me when I got sick and I got mono and I switched majors. Right. Um, right. But then when I graduated at my graduation for college, my dad made an announcement and was like, you're going to grad school. This ain't over. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to grad school. <laughs> My dad's the one who even pushed that envelope and made me want to apply and made me want to go to grad school. And he knew me. My dad knows me. I mean, him and his daughter. Um, and he knows me very well. And obviously, he knew enough to push me to do it because I loved it. And awesome. it's something that is uh, not a lot of people can say they've done. And it was a great experience for me and something that um, I hold near and dear to my heart. And I have to thank my dad for that because he pushed me for that. No, oh, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing those memories. That that that's awesome. And uh, I know you've got nieces. Do you have nieces, or, or do you have uh, do you have any nephews or just nieces? I have everything. Okay. I okay. Got, <laughs> my sister has uh, two sons. Mariano, he is nine, and uh, Marcus, he's twenty six, I think. Okay. And then she has a daughter, Zaina. Uh, Zaina is twenty four. And then Zaina has a daughter, so I have a great niece, uh, Camila, and she has just turned two. And then uh, my brother has two girls, Mia, she's 13, and Adriana, she is 10. Cool, cool. But I know, like like you said, you being the first one to go and graduate college has got to kind of um, also inspire them to follow your footsteps. So kind of yes. kind of started, started that trend. Yeah, they definitely look up to me. Um, my nephew, Mariano, he loves to read. Uh, so all the time for birthdays, Barnes and Noble book, gift cards or books for him for sure. And then every time I go visit them in North Carolina, we always go to Barnes and Noble. We read books yep. and we talk about everything and anything. Um, and then uh, same thing with my nieces. Uh, my niece Adriana loves books. She likes more of like the zoo books and the astrology type books. But we always go to Barnes and Noble and I buy them books as well too mm -hmm. and always push them to read. And they were all at my graduations and they know how important school is. They all know about coffee, tea, or tequila and what I'm doing. They watch my you know interviews and my YouTube things and think I'm famous. <laughs> That's um, awesome. But That's awesome. I definitely. I definitely stay close to them and hope to inspire them and uh, hope for the best for them as well, too, in terms of anything that they choose to do in life. Definitely. Definitely. Well, it's been great having you on again. Um, this time, 
tables reverse. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Love the conversation. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll do this again sometime. Oh yes, we'll definitely do it again. But uh, we'll we'll figure out a way to switch it up a little bit more though. Yeah, 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 yeah. For <laughs> sure, for sure, for sure. But uh, yeah. Um, that's all I got. So for everybody out there, just make sure you're if you're listening, subscribe. Um, that helps me. And hopefully, if you're listening, you want to help me a little bit. So uh, please make sure you subscribe. But uh, that's a wrap. Thanks again, Cece. Of course, I'll be in touch. Right. Thank you.